Hey everybody, good morning. Gary here on another Morning Motivation Talk, and um, today we're kind of answering a question from the mailbag, and um, if you don't know about these Morning Motivations, uh, and we do this in our agency, um, and I also sometimes share um, the more kind of universal topics out with some of our online marketing communities as well, um, hoping that this content will help them. But if you've never heard one of these before, I don't do this in the office in the nice professional studio with the mic. I'm, I'm out on my morning walk, and I spend some portion of the walk talking through these ideas with you, again, in hopes that it'll help you on your journey wherever you are. And So the mailbag question today was, was, a, whew, was a doozy because uh, Crystal and I, and if you don't know Crystal, that's my, that's my wife, or for those of you who might be new to agency or whatever, um, we were just talking about this three days ago-ish. And she asked me this question. We were doing some chores. Her and I were cleaning a bathroom together. And she said, uh, you know, if you could go back in time here, you know, over the last five years, where would be the spots that you would go, mm, you need to make a different decision. Like you would, you'd change it. Basically, what would you change over the last handful of years as an entrepreneur? And I thought, oh goodness, you know. Um, Typically, sometimes people will give these kind of very uh, righteous answers of, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, for sake of the exercise, I would certainly change some things. Um, I appreciate that we are where we are as a result of all decisions, good and bad, collectively. Uh, but sure, if you gave me a magic wand, there are some things I would change because it would save some pain. <laughs> um, so w when I looked back on it and then that... That came to me via um, the email box was the question, you know, what would you do differently? And there are, um, there are kind of macro and micro answers to this question. Um, certainly, from a tactics perspective, there would be a lot of changes, but I think that would get a little boring for this. I want to make this a little bit more universally applicable to whoever's listening, whether you're part of the agency or maybe you're listening in one of our online um, masterminds. So um, what would I do differently? You know, I came out of the Air Force in 2012. And so that, that obviously I'd been in the military for 11 years. And that, that obviously has a very structured um, procedural kind of uh, setup. I mean, it's the military for crying out loud. And I, I really enjoyed my military service, but it was time for me to kind of go in a different direction. And um, sometimes I've, I've had folks that knew me from then say, do you ever regret leaving the military? And, and I can say, no, I don't. Um, there, I believe there are truly seasons in your life and, and seasons do come to an end. Um, and my season had come to an end there, so I, don't, I didn't consider that one of the things I would change. However, <laughs> right when I got out of the military and what I kind of did in that, that first year um, that's probably where I would have done a lot of changes. Um, so here are just a few ideas of things um, over the last five-ish uh, that, that, that I would say, yeah, I would probably do that differently. The first one, it's so unpopular. <laughs> and if you would have told me four years ago, I would have given you one of these like, follow your passion answers. But um, my first one would be keep your day job. Um, I would have kept 
my corporate job that I had when I got out of the Air Force. Um, and I would have kept that a lot longer than I did. I, I went full-time into entrepreneurship way too soon. And I think a lot of people do. Um, I had just enough money in the bank to fund it for a while. Um, but that was an incredibly stressful way to live um, and not something I would recommend. I think, I think the worst time in the world to start a business, any kind of business, tech startup, MLM, affiliate marketing, going into anything where you are paid 100% based on sales, so production, I think it's, a, uh, it's the worst time to do that is when you're under duress. And if you are bleeding money from your savings, IRAs, Roths, whatever, I bled money off of all of them, by the way, <laughs> um, you, you put yourself in a very weird mindset spot and it makes you clingy and ultimately desperate and you're just not thinking in the best way. I think the, the day job thing does a couple of things for a new entrepreneur. First, it keeps you grounded. Um, I think in entrepreneurship too often, we listen to way too many TEDx talks or you know, too many you know, Gary Vee talks on, on YouTube and we think, and, and I think Gary Vee's great. I, I don't have a problem with Gary Vee. I'm just saying we watch a lot of that stuff and we think, well, the answer is for me to throw caution to the wind and you know, kind of go all in. But I think we need some grounding. Um, if you're older, and, and that's relative, but I mean, if you've got some life responsibilities, so you've got a mortgage, you've got a kid or two or three like we do, um, it's not just about you. It's not just about, you know, some kind of uh, passion thing. So I, I think it's important to um, keep that in mind and, and definitely have some stability in your life. Entrepreneurship, particularly early on, is wildly unstable. And I think you need stability. Um, I think you need something that pays you every two weeks, um, maybe has benefits if you're lucky, um, but also keeps you, keeps you personally disciplined. It's real easy to get um, lackadaisical and, and sloppy early on as an entrepreneur. You know, having a job gets you up, you set an alarm, you get dressed, you shave, you shower, you do what you do. And I think it makes you a better entrepreneur because you also don't have as much time to frankly mess around. So your time is much more compressed. I remember working my business early in the morning and late at night. There were windows and I had to get my work done to grow my business. So you didn't spend a lot of time dorking off on Facebook and you didn't, you didn't listen to the 80th conference call that may or may not help you, you really worked on the things that were gonna move the needle. So I think it benefits you from a scheduling perspective, I think it benefits you from a mindset perspective, and I think because it takes that pressure off. Um, yeah, so my first change would be, and, and advice to anybody, keep the day job, and keep it a lot longer than you think you should, especially even when the business starts picking up. When mine started picking up, really, was really kicking, got on my first stages and all that stuff. I should have stayed locked down in that day job, but I got, I got stage syndrome. I got up there and I started believing all the hype and, um, <laughs> and it cost me dearly. Lots of money, lots of savings that are gone now because I went full time uh, too soon. Um, my second um, 
change and thus advice would be to really monitor the voices that you're listening to. Um, part of the problem with technology today is that you can go out on iTunes or Anchor or you know, Podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts or YouTube and you can get so much information from so many different voices so fast. It, it's impressive. And you would think that that would be a good thing, but if you get so much of it rattling around in your head, I think this adds to overwhelm. And overwhelm, as we've already talked about, is something that most entrepreneurs face. It's inevitable, but I think a lot of it's self-inflicted because we never turn everything off. So there's two reasons why I think you need to monitor your voices. One, so you don't have too many. And so that you can actually hear the most important voice, which is your own. I think if you constantly, 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 and I did this, I did this like tons. If you constantly have voices playing, and am I knocking audio? No, I'm recording one right now. I think they're good. I think it's very helpful, but I think it's, it's like anything else. It's like kind of in moderation, right? Um, and because I think you need to be able to hear your own voice, form your own opinions, form your own path, and then you, you plug in selectively to a handful of voices that you really trust that'll help you, mentor you, guide you, etc. Which leads me to the second point of that. I think that you, you probably need half a hand, maybe a hand worth of you know, leaders, mentors, voices that you listen to online or whatever. And they need to be fairly similar. And I know some would say, well, you know, I want to have a diversity of opinions. And that's great, but I, I think that, I think you need to be focused. And if one person is saying that you need to, you know, hustle and grind, and the other one is saying that you need work-life balance, and then another one's saying that you need to go sit in the lotus position and clear your chakras, this is all kind of conflicting stuff. I, I'm not saying any one of those three approaches is wrong or right. I'm just saying that it can get conflicting and get a little weird. Make sure my mic is working here. So um, I would limit the voices. Not because all the voices aren't cool, but because you, you need to make sure they're kind of all on the same page so that you can kind of be on the same page with yourself and so that you can hear the most important voice, which is yours. My concern for a lot of us is that you know, we can quote our favorite guru. And there's nothing wrong with having people that inspire and teach us. And I think we need those people in our lives. Um, but they're, they're, at the end of the day, the audio will end. The seminar will end. The book will end. And then we're just sitting there with ourselves. And we need to be able to say, okay, um, I have an opinion, I have a thought, I can navigate this. We need to be able to hear our own voice. So that'd be my second piece that I would kind of change because I listen to way too many divergent things all at the same time and I also never let there be enough room for me to kind of hear what I had to say in all of it um, and hear kind of my own voice, which is real, real important. Um, the third thing um, is tricky um, because I am a bit of a 
I'm a bit of a walking contradiction with this, so I'll try to I'll try to walk it through so it makes some sense. But the person asked me what, what I would do, so this might not make sense for anybody else, but this is my experience. Um, I would fundamentally have worked on less things so that I could make bigger impacts with less instead of having a lot of little impacts with many projects. Um, it doesn't need a lot of setup to understand that in 2018, if you go online for longer than five minutes, even on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, you're going to have a marketer who is probably doing a fairly good job of getting your attention and getting your attention to click something, look at something, join something, buy something, be involved in something, whatever. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's marketing. That's free enterprise. I get it. Um, we're all doing that to some degree. But the, the, the problem is, I think that, one, we, we, don't, we don't really think through all the things that we are involved in to the point of asking questions like, do they align? Are any of them making a big impact? I think that, for me, I've been involved in a lot of, a lot of business kind of opportunities and businesses over the last five years. For a five-year span, I mean, by definition, way too many. Um, so I, that's why I say I, I would have worked on a lot less. And here's the interesting thing, though. Um, I was trained really well, so I was able to make some little to medium-sized impacts in a lot of things. But looking back on it, I wouldn't do that now. I would figure out, I would pick my spots a lot more carefully, and I would say, um, I want to make really big impacts here, not just small to medium ones. And the reality is, the only way to make some really big impacts is if you're, you're really focused on something. And we use this you know, language all the time, but you got to really kind of go all in for something in order to make the kind of impacts you probably want to make, whether that's income, sales, revenue, whatever. Um, I think that we all have a propensity to think it's the next thing that's going to help me. It's the next thing that's going to break me through. But in reality, I think most of the time, it's not the next thing, it's the thing that we have right in front of us that we're already somehow involved in that we're just not giving the time to. And it's real easy to kind of look across the, you know, that old cliche, look across the way and the grass being greener. Well, it's greener because somebody's watering it. And, you know, our grass could be greener if right where we are, if we would just spend time watering it and really pouring in. I learned that lesson the hard way um, because I have a family of five, and um, I can tell you that um, little to medium-sized sales is not going to fund effectively a family of five. <laughs> you got to make some bigger impacts, and um, and that means you're going to have to focus and pick some projects. And I guess really the the the, the fourth one is 
kind of an offshoot of that is I, is I would have just said no a lot more. I would have said no to a lot more things and frankly, a lot more people. Um, not just to say it, but because I had, I had really decided on the things that I was going to work on and, and gotten really clear on that. And as a result, I could say no. I think some people will hear that and go, yep, I need to go say no to everything. But they haven't even established what they've said yes to. You can't, can't effectively say no to stuff until you've said yes to what really matters to you. And part of saying yes to the things that matter to you is you've really got to do a good analysis. I think a lot of us say yes to things that maybe were good at one point, but maybe they're not good anymore. And we have to be sort of brutally honest with ourselves, which um, leads me to point five, which I think thing that, that I did was, you know, I think that um, the... I always crack up when I'm on my uh, walking trails and I'm walking on concrete and people on mountain bikes feel like I need to get off the track so they can walk, so they can ride by. But they're on a mountain bike. Like they can't go over into the grass. Oh, I lose faith in humanity sometimes. Anyway, um, so um, the, the, the fifth thing was staying too long in places where I should have left a lot sooner. Um, our primary business that we were in for the first three and a half years that we put just blood, sweat, tears, heart, soul. I mean, it was everything to us. The reality is we stayed in about, hmm, about a year too long. We knew at maybe the two, two and a half year mark, really, yeah, two and a half year mark, we knew that there was trouble. And we really could sort of read the tea leaves and see this is not going to end well. Company was in trouble. Company leadership had some struggles. It was that kind of stuff. And so we knew that it was problematic, but we, we fell right into a thing that's called the um, either sunk loss bias or sunk loss fallacy. And if you've never spent much time in the economic, you know, in your economics classes um, back in college, like your first year, this is not sophisticated economics by any means, but this idea of a sunk loss fallacy or a sunk loss bias is, you know, I've put so much time, so much effort, so much money into something, even though I know it's problematic, I gotta, I gotta stay because I've already done all this work. And that's a, that's a dangerous place to be. And that's where we were. Um, we had a total sunk loss bias and we stayed way too long and in staying too long it it not only negatively impacted us economically I mean it at the end it really hurt um, but it thus made us not be able to focus on new things that could have been really really great because we fell into that sunk loss thing so Fifth thing would just be staying too long. Um, now, the, the good news is, that's not a problem most people suffer from. Most people just don't stay long enough. It goes back to my previous point. They've never really said yes, and so they, they always think the next thing is death thing. But for some of you, you might have been in something for a few years, and 
you know, whatever that, that opportunity or business you're in. And maybe, maybe it just doesn't really make sense. And you have to be sort of ruthlessly objective enough to say, you know what, it's time to cut and, and move on. I stayed in something way too long and um, it was really detrimental. So that would be my fifth one. And I think those are the biggest ones for me of change. Everything else was, uh, you know, like I said, there are tactical things I would change, but those are the big ones. So without a uh, whiteboard in front of me, um, one was keep your day job and keep it a lot longer than you think you need it. Um, we just talked about staying longer, um, staying too long in a situation. Um, talked about saying no more. Saying no a lot more um, is, a, is a, really, a really big thing. Uh, we talked about working on less things to have bigger impacts. Uh, that's four. There's a fifth one, but I'm walking, so um, I'm sure it's in the replay. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I would... Uh, oh, the personal development, less voices. Less voices, less voices. A lot less voices. So that you can hear your own voice and so that you have some alignment because too many voices will leave you pulled in too many directions and then you'll just be a hot mess. So appreciate the question today. Hope that gives you something to think about. And maybe, of course, the most important thing you think about is look at your own situation. What are some things you do differently? Yes, I know. I wouldn't change anything. But, you know, if you could, so you could save some pain and move down the road faster, what would you change? And the good news is you can change today because it's a brand new day. If you're breathing and you're on the right side of the ground today, you can change. I appreciate you. See you next time.